0: Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on November the 8th. And welcome to our welcome to our commentary. Got a couple of things uh, that we're going to talk about today. But before I do, let me direct you to a post that I have over at the American Thinker this morning. And the post is about Mexico and what's happening in the state of Guerrero, which is where Acapulco uh, is located. And the problem in the state of Guerrero is that the farmland's are have have been turned into basically cocaine farms where they're growing the the cocoa leaves that uh, eventually become uh, cocaine and this is because the farmers are making more money you know in the cocaine business than whatever they were doing before this is creating a big problem for the mexican government it is also a problem of course for us here in the united states so It's just amazing. It's just amazing how the cocaine business is now impacting, you know, the farms in in Mexico and making, you know, the farmers make more money by being in the cocaine business than by, you know, growing coffee as they were doing before in those regions. It's uh, it's a scary situation. It's a scary situation. But that is reality uh, south of the border. So check out my post over at the American Thinker today. It's called, uh, it's the season of cocaine in Guerrero. That is the name of the of the post. Well, I want to begin with just a reaction to the situation regarding abortion. Uh, as you may know, the a constitutional amendment passed in Ohio. The constitutional amendment basically says that a woman has a right to an abortion. And all of this comes from very well-organized groups that have basically put this uh, amendment in the, as a referendum in the election, it is not as radical as people are saying that it is because the state still does the ability has the, the ability to regulate abortion. But what it basically says is that the state of Ohio cannot pass a ban against abortion. In other words, abortion has to be legal in Ohio, according to this new amendment in the Constitution. And of course, the pro-life movement was very disappointed, and they should be, uh, with this amendment. But I think the bigger picture here, the larger picture is the question of message. And how do we handle abortion in the future? And we're going to have to accept a reality that there there's going to have to be in whatever we propose, whatever we support, there's going to have to be a window where women can get an abortion. Now, my personal belief is that abortion is, you know the taking of a life. So on, on a personal basis, I'm opposed to abortion. But I understand that when you're living in a secular country, that you may have to make some compromises. So, I've always felt that what we should do is say, okay, 12 weeks or 15 weeks or something like that. And then that allows a woman to have an abortion during that time in case of rape, in case of incest or whatever, whatever other reason. And that way you diffuse the issue. I think when you ban abortion, when you say no abortion, that's a loser politically. Much the other way, when you say that you can have an abortion uh, in the last uh, trimester of the pregnancy, that's also a political loser as well. So the country, I think the country has settled into a position where they are willing to accept abortion within restrictions. And the restrictions are generally 12 to 15 weeks. And I think that's where we should be as a party we should say okay that's what we believe in and that's what we're going to propose otherwise we're going to have these uh, abortion referendum where the other side organizes and out organizes us and and has you know has a situation where they're winning elections on abortion when they shouldn't be They shouldn't be, because the reality is the Democrats are the extreme party when it comes to abortion, not Republicans, but they're winning because they're presenting their message a little bit better. So I think between now and 2024, we need to work on the message, particularly in some of these more competitive states. We need to work on the message, and the message ought to be that we believe that we're pro-life, we're a pro-life party, but we're willing to accept An abortion situation or abortion position of 12 to 15 weeks so that a woman can have an abortion if she wants to. And at the same time, you are restricting abortions in the later term of the pregnancy. That's where the country is, or whether we like it or not, but that's where the country is right now. And I think we have to settle on this and stop arguing about abortion because there's a lot of other stories, frankly, that are more important uh, to the country right now than arguing about abortion every every 2 years. So let's have a, a again a we saw this in Mississippi. There is a a law that was passed in Mississippi which is 15 weeks. Okay? That that sounds to me like a reasonable uh compromise. 15 weeks, 12 weeks, something like that. And let's settle this and move on to other areas that are frankly very important too, but for some reason we're not talking about it because everybody's consumed uh, with the topic of of abortion. Well, in Texas, they had some elections on Tuesday. And the big item, the big ticket item was the Texas property tax uh, refund, I guess. We're all property owners are going to get a tax refund in Texas. And I think that's a good thing. I support uh, the legislature for doing this. And I support the governor for fighting for this. So this is a huge victory for the citizens of Texas. If you're a property owner, you're going to get a refund or you're going to get uh I guess, the opportunity to get some money back, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing for the people of of Texas, and I think it's going to make Texas even more attractive as a place to move to and to build a house and become a property owner, and that's a good thing long-term for Texas. So I salute the voters for approving uh, the property tax referendum. I think it's good, and I, don't, I have not seen the numbers, but I'm sure that it was approved uh, by pretty... Uh, by pretty good uh, by pretty good numbers. Now, the governor has called for another session, and that's to deal with school choice or the vouchers and with this uh, border law that uh, he wants to pass. Both of these appear to be almost done. I mean, the voucher, they're still negotiating how that's going to get done. I think they will get it done. They will get it done, but uh, they have to fine-tune it just a little bit more. I understand the position of many Republicans uh, in the rural areas who are trying to protect their schools. I understand that. And I can certainly understand where they're coming from. And I also understand the position of the suburban parents who want to have school choice. So there's opportunity there for a compromise. And I think we're headed in that direction. But I think Texas is going to be better off when we have school choice and when we have these vouchers. The kids are going to be better off The parents are going to be better off. And there was a very interesting article in the Dallas Morning News in the last couple of days talking about how school choice is very popular with minority parents. And why wouldn't it be? Minority parents want the best for their kids, just like everybody else. So uh, I think we're going to get it in the next session. But it's just frustrating. Political negotiating is always frustrating. That's just the the reality of it, and you just have to deal with it, and you have to work with it, and it will eventually uh, get it uh, done. Now, the border law, the one about, you know, arresting people who cross the border and all of that, that's uh, that's probably going to pass as well. It passed the House already, and it got to the Senate, but they couldn't get to it. That's probably going to pass as well in in the upcoming session, and that's going to be challenged, obviously, right away by the other side saying that uh, the te- Texas doesn't have the authority to do that. And I understand that point of view. The fact is that the border is a federal matter. But the problem right now is that the federal government is not doing anything on the border. Uh, I mean, the federal government has basically turned the border into a rather chaotic situation because they're not enforcing anything. So that's why I think Texas is acting in self defense. I'm sure that Texas would rather not be spending the money. That we're spending on the border defending or protecting the border i'm Texan, you know i don't know anybody in texas who's happy having to pay taxes to do the job of the federal government but on the other hand you know you do have to protect your border otherwise you know people are going to be coming in in numbers that are going to be completely unmanageable so it's a tough situation but one that i believe the legislature will pass and as far as school choice i think the legislature will pass that as well the vouchers as they like to call them, I think that will pass. And as I said before, it's going to take, it's going to make Texas even more attractive for families to come here because I think school choice attracts a lot of families who are interested in a good education for their kids. And they're also interested in having some control about what their kids are learning and what they're being educated. And that's what happens with school choice. You know, you're, as a parent, you have a lot to say on what's happening uh, with the schools and and the school choice. A couple of things from this day in history. Back in 1864, Abraham Lincoln was reelected president. Now, if you remember from your history class, he was not doing real well in the summer of 1864. In fact, a lot of people thought he was not going to be reelected. But, uh, you know, the war situation changed in the fall and uh, the union began to have some big victories in the fall. And the mood of the country changed and clint I mean, uh, Lincoln was reelected uh, easily in 1864. So that uh, election, of course, turned out to be historic. And as you know, less than a year later, he was uh, he was assassinated uh, April 1865. So he had been in office uh, for about a month or so after his second inauguration. And on this day in 1960, one of the most uh, interesting elections of American history, the 1960 election between Kennedy and Nixon, that election was very close, super super close. In fact, uh, you know, even this to this day, nobody knows for sure who won that election. But it was eventually declared that Kennedy won the election. But the uh, the votes in Illinois and Texas and in other places were very controversial. Uh, President Eisenhower wanted uh, Vice President Nixon to contest the election, call for a recount, but. Nixon didn't do it, and I think it's probably smart that he didn't do it. He would have divided the country a great deal, and the country didn't need that in 1960 in the middle of the Cold War. So Nixon actually did something good for the country in 1960, uh, accepting the results and, and moving on, even though there was lots of evidence that that election was, let's just say, flaky at certain parts of, of the country. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas. And we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.